Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. There may be a bit of land where bicycle saddles are made out of rainbow stuffed with cloud. In this world, the simplest thing is to get used to something hard. Hopefully we're on the road to somewhere within 5Ks. You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show here on 3CR. You're either streaming it, podcasting it, or listening on that lovely old transistor in the kitchen on 855 on the AM dial. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now! Always good to keep up with the news from America. Now, we're recording this, uh, obviously, before the 10th of August, um, so a little bit might more happen in between now and then, but we're on deep lockdown, as you all know. So we've got a show on um, how to look after yourself on the indoor trainer with uh, Kat this morning, so that'll be good listening to. And just a little tip, um, that lovely quote, Jerome, K. Jerome, uh, talking about bicycle saddles as well. And just a little, little bit of a tidbit, because it's now the 10th and um, I'm doing this on the 5th, and tomorrow is the 75th anniversary of Hiroshima Day. H.G. Wells wrote a book about a chain-reacting virus that took over England in about 19... I think he wrote it about 1903 or maybe... No, probably 19... I can't remember the exact date. 
but the Hungarian physicist who first came up and took a patent on it, the idea of a chain reaction in the heavy metals like uranium, got that idea from H.G. Wells's book and actually had a copy of that book when he went round touring English physicists trying to convince them that this was a workable thing. H.G. Wells. The other interesting connection is between Jerome K. Jerome and H.G. Wells. They were very good friends. And one night round at H.G. Wells's place, Jerome started firing spitballs at H.G. Wells's row of toy soldiers. They then proceeded to get down on the floor and virtually invented simulated warfare, which we still have today. <laughs> you never know how things always get mixed. And just on another little side note, I'm sorry about this, this is a little bit boring, but H.G. Wells is quite interesting. You know he never wrote anything about bicycles after about 1914. He, after bicycles, featured heavily in a lot of his books and a lot of his pamphlets before that. Curiously, none of it was, bicycles were hardly mentioned, if at all, after 1914. That was the year H.G. Wells bought a car. He couldn't ride the 14 miles to see his new paramour. I hope we have a good show. You take care, everybody, and uh, I'll be back later. Today on the Yarrabug Radio Show, we're going to be talking about all things indoor cycling. Last week, Val and I had an interview with our favourite uh, cycling physio, Kat Carter, and talked about the difference between indoor and outdoor cycling, what you might need to keep in mind to keep it fun, and how to get the most out of it while we're all in lockdown and beyond. Let's get straight into it with Kat Carter. So when we're riding outside on the road, there is this really beautiful, small uh, lateral deviation of the bike moving underneath us, which we, of course, exaggerate when we're talking the bike, riding a little bit harder. And most indoor devices completely restart lateral movement. So some people feel they're not as smooth indoors because they're they're actually quite dependent on that lateral movement Mm -hmm. and what it means from you know, a physio point of view or, and even more importantly than my point of view, but from the individual's point of view and thinking about injury prevention and just comfort is that they're actually more prone if they're reliant on that lateral movement to firstly develop subtle sores, more likely to get soreness through the lower back or even sacroiliac joints. And then they're going to start fidgeting in their position and, you know, maybe get tight through the neck and heavier in the hands and just have less tolerance. And that's the biggest issue, I think, in all of that is therefore less enjoyment. We want to have joy at the moment in any way we possibly can. And if the thing that you do to keep yourself fit and happy and feeling good is then less enjoyable because of that discomfort and tension in the body, it's just a bit blah. I was thinking about this today and I thought a good analogy. It'd be like um, dancing on a well-sprung dance floor and, yes. then dancing on, and then dancing on a block of concrete. 
Yeah, that's a really, I hadn't thought of it like that, but that's a really um, nice, you know, it gives a really beautiful visualisation and everything. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I, I've done good. both and I'm telling you, dancing on concrete's no good for you at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but it's interesting, it, it, gives you, it gives a feedback too, because we rely on that feedback from mm. them too. Yeah. It's not to say it's going to happen to everybody. No. Um, there's definitely some individuals that are much more prone to it than others. What are some of the things, if someone's thinking of jumping on an indoor bike for the first time, what are some of the things they need to think about? Do you just grab your road bike and put it on? Are you going to have to adjust anything? or? Um, there's a couple of things to consider here. So the first one, and this comes down to every individual's preference, is a lot of the bike frame manufacturers actually state regarding the warranty that the warranty is void if it's used on a trainer. Um, so that's one thing to consider first up, and that probably has a lot of people not wanting to put their precious pride and joy on a trainer yeah. just out of concern. I um, I haven't seen or heard many stories of trainer mishap and the trainer being the result of needing to make a warranty claim, um, but it's just the fact that it's stated in the warranty, I think, is the first thing that makes people worried. Um, secondly, when we're thinking more about the individual and you know, the body as the machine is that you're asking your body to do something uncharacteristic compared to what you normally do. And that even though you ride a bike outside, jumping on a bike inside on a, on a rigid stationary trainer results in, like we just said, that change in body mechanics. Mm. So you need to treat that journey onto the indoor trainer as a new activity. So despite the fact you've got the fitness, the cardio and like the cardiovascular strength, the muscle patterning, you've got all that, muscle patterning ever so slightly changes but your body is not going to tolerate it like it does outside mm -hmm. so you need to be gentle and kind to yourself and actually do a smaller stint so you look at it like a graded exposure and say okay well my first time ever on an indoor trainer let's just do 15 minutes nice and gentle so it's um the other thing is it's really tempting to get on and go really hard because you're like oh get value work really hard and <laughs> Um, I would say just a 15-minute cruise is the perfect introduction to having your body experience what it feels like. And the next thing I would then say is giving it a 48-hour recovery or adjustment adaptation phase before you then repeat that and slowly over time increase, not, not necessarily saying keep it gentle, but if you want to keep it gentle, keep it gentle. And how can you... Because I notice on the trainer, you stay in the one position, whereas on a bike on the road, like you mentioned the lateral movement, but even on yeah. the bike you're shifting much more. Yeah. Does that have caused problems or...? It, it definitely causes problems just in terms of that comfort, like I mentioned. So mm -hmm. we're used to having a very a variation of postures and hand positions. So I encourage people to really sort of dance across the bars so to move from hoods to tops um only to you if that if it's a drop bar like a, a traditional road bike or a cx bike to not use the um the drops too much as you probably do need that side to side movement a little bit more in that position for most people there are of course people that are going to be fine 
Um, but I just encourage a bit of a dance across the top of the bars. Um, and I actually discourage fully upright, no-handed writing for long periods of time. Yeah. And that's just because there's that, there's, we normally would have that side to side motion that we then don't have. So it's just a bit more pressure through the pubic rami. Um, yeah. and issue with tuberosity. So there's a few bursts of there. There's some pressure soft tissue there. So just try to not put unnecessary um, pressure on those structures. I think the quote we're starting the show with was something from about uh, 1910, uh, I think, about uh, somebody buying anatomically shaped uh, saddle, two kidneys oh. together, he describes it, I think. <laughs> And so, and this leads into the saddles on a different saddle on an indoor trainer. I haven't had any of the um, athletes or uh, patients that I work with use a different saddle indoors, and I think that's because under normal time, we are taking the bikes on and off and in and you know inside yeah. outside. Mm -hmm. So you stick with your outside setup. So, yeah. I haven't. When I do bike fitting um, within the clinic, I'm fitting obviously on a stationary trainer, but very aware of the things I need to look for to make sure that I think the saddle is a good fit outside. But the final word is always, this is not yeah. the same as in the real world. And um, it, it can, I have had a couple of people come back and say, you know, we'll try two saddles, maybe three. And the one that looks perfect on the indoor space is not their favorite outside. Yeah, and we then switch to what I consider to be the second second best saddle option in terms of their alignment yeah. and control and power and point like left left right balance and things like that, and that's what they're happy on outside. And so I haven't come across people actually switching, but I can definitely saddle. see yeah. it being a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and look, just on the before we get off the mechanics of it, I think you can buy special tyres for indoor trainers. There are trainer tyres. Um, they're a lot harder. That the rubber yeah. composition is a lot harder, so less wear. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm telling a fib or not, but potentially even better for the sound for your. Ah. And the yeah. other thing is, actually, if you're on the trainer, buy a spare bag. Not a bag wheel. Buy. You've all, everybody's got a spare wheel. Put the trainer tyre on that and flip it in mm. and out of the bike. It'd be a yeah. better option usually. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more and more people are also using the direct drive trainers now, so they're just yeah. getting to remove that back wheel entirely, but um, they're just not putting as fancy a cassette on. <laughs> <laughs> no more dinner plates on the trainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should, um, I, this is not really pertinent, but it is in some ways, and actually the lovely sort of funny bittersweet story of Herbert Opperman, who um, oh. after having a bit of a fall in um, on the road, uh, swapped to indoor training, which he did, I think for the last about six or eight months of his life. I mean, it was 98, I think, he died of a heart attack on the bike. You know, some people might be might take it too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it can be definitely when when we're outside in the real world, putting that big effort in, you definitely become aware. I think of the the fatigue element and decision making process being compromised by that high intensity when you're working indoors and pushing it too hard. Um, 
well, people will debate with me yeah. about that too hard comment just there, but um, <laughs> you don't have a process. So you, you feel safer in working harder for longer because you don't have to make decisions regarding other road users, traffic, yeah. intersections mm -hmm. and things like that. No um, wind. No, no, nothing yeah, no wind, except for so, you. if you're inside, low oxygen levels start to creep in. If you've got There's a little definitely... bit of a spare tyre from uh, pre-COVID days and trying to get rid of it, I, I think COVID's put on a few kilos rather than taken it off. <laughs> yeah. we, cooling is a really big point and um, in terms of like that, just the um, wind and things like that. And there's some really good research looking at intentional heat exposure and the benefits of the cardiovascular system. So some people would probably then go, oh, I'm going to get banged for my back here and intentionally not use a fan or open a door or window to help with air circulation to deliberately heat up. And it, the, it, just being in a really hot chamber alone can increase your heart rate quite significantly. So if you're then doing uh, higher intense ex exercise, you're giving it two directions of that increased heart rate drive. So definitely increasing the demands on the body. And what about some um, repetitive injuries? Because I, I imagine the same principle. If you're not moving much on the bike, then, I mean, you're pedaling just as much on that, but it's always in exactly the same motion. Is that, does that cause issues? Um, mixed. I think that comes a little bit down to individuals. Yeah. So for some people, having that lack of variation is a better thing because they're still learning that movement pattern and they're not, so they get the opportunity to master a movement pattern. Yeah. However, that then does give you thousands of repetitions in that same plane of motion without the variation. Um. I, I have definitely seen people that have tolerated phenomenal feats outside that then they do increase work on the trainer inside with no outside break on the same bike even, develop knee pain. And I think that that repetitive use without that lateral motion as one factor, also without a, a change in, it depends on the type of trainer here, but the, these people that I have seen haven't had the capacity to change resistance. So they're just mm -hmm. riding solid at X resistance yeah. Yeah. for a certain amount of time where yeah. out on the road, you know, we'll coast into a traffic light or an intersection, we'll work harder, we'll, we'll change down. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I have um, definitely seen some patella loading and some tendon irritability from that. Ah, yes. The injuries will come in, they'll come often enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what about... Um, Entertainment while you're on the trainer. Oh, everyone, this is a really hot topic and a group of um, women that I've been riding with, we actually try and ride every Wednesday night and this is this is only the second time I can actually make it online with them because they're, they're a bunch of legends. They, we, we actually talk about entertainment and what people are doing. So people will share, oh, I've just been watching X series on whatever program or check this one out or this podcast or um, often people are looking at, at their Zwift avatar hmm. as well as oh, something yes, else. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, Zwift is really the social side of it 
has that's been one of the big attractions for people, isn't it? That you're still doing something together with other people. Yeah. You signed and up to a particular bunch ride and you've got your friends on chat at the same time. So yeah. it does give that social element that people miss when they can't go and yeah, and a, a few extra functions that I think are even better when you're, you can ride with people of different ability or different intention of the session with a, a band together function. So people can, someone can just be on that little gentle enjoyment yeah. ride and someone else could be doing high intensity repeated efforts and you will still stick together in the Zwift world. Mm -hmm. The one, the one limit off the back. <laughs> <laughs> the one limit a few people have found with um, with chat is you've got to type. Yeah. So oh, more yeah. and more <laughs> are using um, obviously third party video options yeah. to be able yeah. to just talk, which is cool as well. Yeah. But the the table to hold all this gets bigger and bigger at the front of your your of the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's bought a, a music stand but it yeah. even has this adhesive like sticky thing I don't know what the word for it is sticky pad so it actually even if you knock it your phone or your iPad won't go flying it's uh -huh. got this nice adhesive uh -huh. it's quite good <laughs> I did a there's a quote at the top of the show and look we're talking about two people and this is uh, going back last century again, H.G. Wells and Jerome K. Jerome. And they were friends. And one of the other things that links it with H.G. Wells is uh, Jerome K. Jerome started throwing spitballs at H.G. Uh, Wells' toy soldiers. And they got down on the ground and virtually invented, um, you know, simulated warfare. <laughs> So, you know, this has went from a lockdown and these two old blokes that playing with yeah. the soldiers went on to become simulated warfare. Now we're having peddling groups and, you know, it all becomes a simulated group again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, are there any injuries specific to indoor cycling that you see, Kat, or is it just variations on what we do to ourselves anyway? I, I think I've seen um, a little bit more through the upper body um, oh. in terms of what cyclists are presenting with, and I and I think it is that they're they're staying still in that yeah. one position yeah. with and um, so I've seen I've actually seen some cyclists with some really sore wrists that are really struggling to maintain to achieve full wrist ex extension, and I I I, I believe those individuals were. I probably had a small predisposition to that and then they've spent hours. Um, there's been a few sore necks and um, one of these, it was kind of funny when we got down to the bottom of it. So they, they, they had restriction in turning their head to one direction and it was really sore and all the muscles were really tight, only that way and we couldn't quite work it out. Their TV was to the left. Constantly to the left. So there's most types of um, asymmetrical things that you'd be at risk of. So that's to be considered in setup. But um, I, other than that, I, I haven't seen. Like, people don't come to me for saddle sores. I'm hearing stories yeah. of more saddle sores. Yeah. But there's not yeah. many things I'm hearing more and more of other than what we've already touched on. No. I wonder if somebody's um, hands are getting better because they've got no vibration through them anymore from the road buzz. Yeah. 
Oh, that's it. Well, I haven't had the opportunity to ask, but that's a really... I mean, they're exposed. That's a lot of road buzz comes through mm. your hands. And actually, to take it straight away, and it'd be interesting to see what people say. It would be, yeah. I could hypothesise that goes both ways. So without the lateral movement, we're then sustaining yeah, yeah. structure yeah. if we're not dancing around. However, the road vibration, the road noise, as I call it, is, you know, is vibration isn't exactly the body's best friend in all yeah. aspects. So yeah, that's an interesting one. And I'd imagine that the carpal tunnel would um, probably feel a little bit better off the road because yeah. yeah. it's such a small space. Um, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not sure about all of the tissues. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And if you're gonna, so if you are gonna get your the bike you normally ride and put it on the trainer, is there anything you should tweak in the setup? I don't get anybody to tweak anything. Um, the complete newcomers to indoor riding, though, I do get them to um, fold a hand towel in half and just place that over the bar. So we need a hand towel for sweat capture yeah. anyway but just to soften that front end and lift it ever so slightly. So I wouldn't go to the extent of removing the stem and putting a spacer in mm -hmm. where I just throw a couple of millimetres. And it's just because that side-to-side -side movement for a lot of people is about hip clearance. And if we oh, yeah. lift the front end a mil or two, we're providing yeah. that hip clearance. Yeah. And I guess I'm being a little bit conservative in advising that, but I just would love yeah. it to be a smooth transition for everybody when trying a new activity right now. And salt can do a lot of damage to a bicycle at the front It sure end. can. So you, you should be very careful about sweating too much around that end. Yeah, definitely clean it afterwards. Yeah. And is that, so is that people are more likely to sit longer at a, working at a higher intensity than you would out on a ride? A lot of people are. They're not in terms of, um, longer all up because you know there's only so much no. on the bike entertainment in the lounge room but longer at the high intensity yeah. um, and I think part of that is well I can't ride the three hours I want to ride for so I'm going to work hard and the other element is um, you know that you don't have those external factors to balance and that fatigue element for decision making and therefore it's safer to work harder yeah and, and both, I think both things feed into that. And when there's all these challenges and hill climbs and sprint sections and all, different software has all sorts of wonderful um, motivating, depends on what motivates you, but yeah. some motivating um, elements in terms of holding certain intensities or certain heart rates or win the sprint or things like that. Competition, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah adding some competition. Doesn't work for everybody, but no, does definitely yeah. help some. Well, and besides the competition with yourself too, if you're really motivated by those numbers and you're, you know, you've got this panel showing your heart rate mm. and comparing everything to what you did last time, that's uh, that's a whole another personality. Well, this will be exacerbated by in six weeks' time. We should catch up and see what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have time to all do some study and report back, gather the data. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Kat, um, we should talk about you've just recently moved into your own studio. Yeah, I've been um, super lucky to be able to share um, this beautiful 
um, space. So I'm now a, um, a solo um, physiotherapist in um, within a beautiful general practice um, just up in Clifton Hill. So pretty lucky. I've even got a city view and oh. sunshine, <laughs> like a whole world. Of... I'm so lucky. I'm week three this week. Um, talk about diving into chaos in terms of what's happening in the state, but um, yeah, it's all going it's going really well with the one. one I'm sharing this, um, the building with wonderful people. If people do want to see a physio, like you mentioned, they have to get a referral from their GP at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so during stage four restrictions, that's the the government um, advice. Yep. And where can they find you? Uh, so I am at the Crane General Practice, which is on Queen's Parade in Clifton Hill. Absolutely um, wonderful team there. Yeah, and we'll put a link up to um, your website oh, your cool. podcast so people could find you. Yeah, yeah. and put a five-kilometre radius around it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, um, the restrictions... It's really interesting. So the restrictions say you can travel further than five kilometres for medical care. Yeah, However, yeah. the Australian Physio Association are really tr promoting that we talk about that 5K radius, which is great, you know, that extra level yeah. of care and concern for the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 G'day, you mob. Kutcher Edwards here. I just want to send out a message to you all. To stop the spread of COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, it is advised that you keep 1.5 metres away from each other. Follow rules on social gatherings. Wash your hands when appropriate and stay home if you're feeling sick or unwell. But most of all, keep strong, stay safe. And of course, keep listening to 3CR community radio to keep connected to the community we'll get through this and hope to see you real soon bye you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia for more information go to allthews.3cr.org.au